For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Subscribe to the Hit That Line podcast network. Brought to you by Breeden RV Center. Breeden RV Center. Family owned and operated. A no pressure laid back atmosphere and always home of the free maintenance for life. Y'all ready for this? This is the Gimme the Hogs Chuck podcast presented by Weikert Realtors, the Griffin Company. Just when I thought I was out, they pull me back in. He is a loathsome, offensive brute, yet I can't look away. This is the business we've chosen. Gimme the Hogs Chuck! Thought he played fantastic. I thought it was really good, you know, when you don't play for a week. And But we were fortunate that he practiced all week, you know, practiced on Monday and all those things. So I was real proud of him. He's fine, by the way. He had a stinger. Really proud of KJ. What a difference it makes to have your starting quarterback. I mean, if that was ever more apparent than Saturday, I don't know when it was. I mean, we saw what happened the week before. And we saw what happened Saturday when Arkansas went to BYU and just did, for the most part, from the first quarter on, pretty much what they wanted to do offensively. I mean, they exploited everything BYU gave them. And I thought KJ just returned with a vengeance, as one of the articles I read yesterday described his performance. Five touchdown passes, a career high. And his his intermediate passing game, I thought was as good this game as it's been in any of the games since he's been a Razorback. I mean, look, if they'd not been able to hit their throws in the middle of the field, that would have thwarted everything they planned during the week. It doesn't work if the throws aren't accurate. Now, give all the receivers credit. But, you know, KJ's the one has got to throw the ball. And I thought he was terrific. I thought he came back and just was uh, as good as you could hope him to be in a situation like what they were in. And, you know, we were all scared there at the end of the ball game, but as it turned out, everything's going to be okay. But he was, um, he was just terrific. He was the leader. The quarterback's got to be the leader. He's got to be the man. And K.J. certainly has proven himself to be, and I just thought he was, uh, I thought he was the difference just overall from the time they got off the bus until the time, the time they got back on the plane. I thought he was the difference in the ball game. Well, we're glad you're with us as we begin a new week on the Gimme the Hogs Chuck podcast. As always, we're presented by Weicker Realtors, the Griffin Company. And as I've told you before, when I talk about Weicker Realtors, the Griffin Company, I'm speaking from personal experience. I'm not reading words that somebody else has written for me. I'm just telling you exactly how my experience went. I partnered with them to sell a home, and I partnered with them to buy a home. Both times it went very well. Both times, frankly, it went better than I thought it would. 
and that's because they knew what they were doing. That's because they are true real estate professionals. Their training program, second to none, and everything that came up was just very routine to them because they are pros, and they made it look easy, and that's what pros do. Now, Weicker Realtors, the Griffin Company, has an office in Fayetteville. They're in Springdale. They're in Bentonville. They've got an office in Fort Smith, and they're open now in Branson, Missouri. You're going to see their yellow signs all over town, and you can log on to WeikertGriffin.com. You're listening to the Gimme the Hogs Chuck podcast presented by Weikert Realtors, the Griffin Company. Turning point in the ballgame. Fourth down, second quarter. BYU's in their own territory. 35-yard line. Instant replay, trying to figure out where to spot the ball. They finally say they're a little bit short. And here's what happened. Kalani Sataki's got to be asking himself, are we really going to do this? And they are. They're lining up as if to go. Quarterback's under center from their own 34. They snap the ball. Bad snap. It's on the ground. Doesn't matter who's got it. Hogs of hell, they come up with a fumble anyway. What in the world were they thinking? I think that was a big turning point in the game because, let's face the facts, we hadn't been able to stop them. We get it, we go right down and score, and then I believe we come back and score again right before half. I think we scored twice with maybe around four minutes to go and a half. I think we ended up having that fumbled snap. To come in at half, 10-point lead was huge because they had the ball in the first possession of the second half. No doubt about it. It was one of those kinds of plays. You know, we may look back at the end of the season, and when we talk about the first six or seven ball games, you know, we may cite a couple of plays as turning point types of plays. KJ's play against Texas A&M, and this play against BYU. It turned this game. There's no doubt it turned this game. Arkansas scored 24 points in the second quarter. They came down and scored off the fourth down play, and then they came back and they scored again. And, you know, certainly there was still work to do when they got to the third quarter, but that's what they did. I mean, they put themselves in a position to take care of business in the third quarter, and they did. By the time we got to the fourth, um, you know, they were in control. But I thought this play was, you know, it was one of those that just kind of boggled the mind. Now, I know the explanation after the ball game from their coach was, they were never supposed to snap the ball. That if Arkansas did not jump off sides, they were going to call a timeout and they were going to punt it. If you'll remember, there'd been a long delay. There's a big TV timeout while they were looking at the replay to determine where the ball was. And when they came back, they spotted it about a half yard back. And according to the coach, the center just snapped the ball for whatever reason, but um, it was a huge play. Later in the quarter, and this is the other play everybody's going to be talking about throughout the week, K.J. Jefferson's Houdini act. K.J. gets the snap, pressure coming, and K.J. can't get away. Oh, he did get away, my gosh! He throws it to the receiver at midfield, it's complete! Inside the 40, inside the 30 is Knox, inside the 25, How in the world did K.J. get away? Really proud of K.J. You know, the third down play before half, I have no idea how he got out of that and how he made that play and probably the second biggest play of the game. That's the kind of play only a great competitor makes. I mean, you may have the ability to make a play like that, but, man, you got to have the – I mean, you got to have the spirit to make a play like that. And, you know, you go back and you watch that on replay and – 
know, when you got a guy that big, I mean, defenders just fall off of him. And that's kind of what happened. And uh, he kept looking. I mean, he kept looking downfield. And, you know, that to me is one of the differences in, in, a, in a good quarterback and a great quarterback. We know K.J. can run. They committed to stopping his run. But the thing that he was able to do, I thought, as a passer all day long was, was keep his eyes downfield and um, he distributed the ball well and, and just, I thought, had his, uh, had his best day as a Razorback. Now, here's one of the new things on the Gimme the Hogs Chuck podcast, and I'm excited about it, and I think you're going to be too. Every Monday, when we break down the Razorback game from the weekend before, we're going to have the opportunity to do that with number nine, Razorback great Matt Jones. Uh, I've still maintained that, you know, you'd be hard-pressed to find a more electrifying player in Razorback history than Matt Jones. And I love hearing the perspective of former players after a ball game because they see the game differently from the rest of us. They watch for different things. They recognize what might happen just when a team breaks the huddle based on formations and so forth. And so, you know, Matt was a quarterback and a very good one and transformed himself into a professional wide receiver. So he understands offense. He understands the game. And, and, you know, we're very happy to welcome him to the Hit That Line podcast network. And you're going to hear him during the week on ESPN Arkansas. He's teaming up with Phil Elson on halftime. And I know you're going to enjoy hearing Matt's perspective. But for our purposes, we're excited to have Matt as part of the program every Monday on the Gimme the Hogs Chuck podcast. And, Matt, first off, Thanks for being with us, and uh, man, welcome to the team. We look forward to visiting with you, Chuck. I'm I'm very excited to be a part of this team, and uh, got a great great group of guys here. And uh, man, what a what a good victory, good W. We needed that victory this week. You know, I just want to ask you as a from a player's perspective, when you've not done well for a couple of weeks, when you've gone through a bad stretch, and you win a game like they won over BYU. I mean, what's it like in the locker room for a player after a win like that? It's, it's a lot of a lot of relief. Uh, you, we, we struggled a little bit on it. And, and, and the Bama the Bama loss, you kind of kind of as, as a player, you don't see it that way. But from the outside looking in, you kind of you kind of you kinda expected that as a player, you expect to win every game. So it's hard on you. You, you have three losses in a row. Uh, you're traveling to an unknown area to play a team that you're not really familiar with. Uh, un, uh, you know, hostile environment, and and I thought they played well. Um, thought KJ uh, distributed the ball really well, and uh, they they were fun to watch, and, and and especially with the the defense the way it is, they they were able to get some turnovers, kind of bend, not break, and uh, you knew they were going to give up some points, but uh, they they kept fighting the entire game. You know, it was one of those days where, from an offensive perspective, I mean, everything seemed to go right after the first quarter. I mean, they scored thirty eight points in the second and third quarters. Now, you know, it was a day when a lot of people expected Arkansas to come out and just immediately pound the ball. I mean, run the ball, take advantage of, you know, their ability to do that. And yet they threw 28 passes in the first half, and a lot of them were to the middle of the field. What did they see, do you think, during the week? And, and as you watch the game, 
What was BYU doing that allowed Arkansas to have so many open receivers in the middle of the field? Well, that's 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 it. Uh, the, the the one thing that we were able to to get those receivers open is because we were able to run the ball. And the the thing that really helped us is is KJ's confidence and then our speed. I thought uh, just all across the board that SEC that Arkansas speed showed out. Because uh, BYU, they'll hit you. You know, they'll they'll come in. They're they're a physical team, but it just seemed like we were just a step faster, just about everywhere on 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 the offensive side of the ball. You talked about the way he distributed the ball. Uh, I guess ten different guys caught passes, which is really, you know, that's an incredible number. I, I'm sure as a quarterback, you've got a pretty good appreciation for for what it takes to be able to distribute the ball like that. Man, that's that is awesome. Yeah, uh, you, you look. I, I like to see Trey Knox getting back into the game a little bit. Uh, Green, the the running back. I like his hands. I like how he moves. Uh, Hazelwood too. Uh, Dabinion, man, I, I really think he's going to have a good career. He just keeps getting better and better. And then, you know, our workhorse, man, can you, can we say enough good things about uh, Rocket Sanders? I mean, that dude just week in, week out, gets better each week. Just Mr. Reliable, man, just had another, probably his best game of the year. Yeah, it was interesting. I mean, he had a day where everything started right, and, you know, he fumbled. He did have that fumble, yes, sir. He had the fumble. And, you know, he sat for a while. And I want to get your thought on this because, I mean, if you carry the ball a lot, you're going to fumble some. Uh, He talked about what it meant to him to have his teammates pick him up on the sideline. But you also know that when you do that, I mean, you're probably going to sit for a little bit. Kind of take us inside the mind of a competitor there and and what you're thinking when you're on the sidelines – and what you're thinking when you get back in the ball game? Yeah, uh, Chuck, that's that's funny. And and uh, Bobby Knight, I believe he's the one that said there's not a better motivator than the bench. And and so you're exactly you're exactly right. When you fumble the ball, you don't want to do that. I mean, it's it's every time. I mean, you, you're letting the team down, and and so your teammates know that. You know, if I threw a pass to to George Wilson, and which he never he didn't drop many, but if if you threw a pass and, and they dropped it, you went over there that next play, and you said, "Man, I'm coming right back to you. We need you." And so I'm sure that's what all his teammates are doing and going up to him saying, buddy, you're, you're our guy. The thing is, we do have some running backs that can come in. So when you make a mistake, you got to go sit down for a little bit, but then it kind of gets you going where you're ready. Next time you get in there, you, you got something to prove. And I thought he did. I thought after that, man, every time he touched the ball, he was electric. I mentioned a little bit earlier in the podcast about the turning point play, at least what I thought was the turning point play, was the fourth down play. You know, it was an interesting turn of events, and I know people watching on television didn't see this, but they knew where the ball was going to be spotted probably 60 seconds before they came back from the television break. But they kept the ball right on the 35, right there at the original spot. And then they come back from the television break, and the official says, we're moving the ball back. And so, you know, both the offense and the defense had been out there for probably a minute, and then they moved the ball back. And, you know, their coach said after the game the ball wasn't even supposed to be snapped. Now, you know, that was just such a strange turn of events, and I just wonder what your take was when you watched it and maybe what your take is now after you've read what their coach's comments were. Yeah, that's that's a tricky play. So, so you know, a lot of times it will be uh, – it's going to be in a crucial part of the game – uh, you get up there, you're going to have an extra motion uh, involved. You, it's already talked about it, and, and that's what would drive a coach crazy is it's already talked about in the huddle. You've ran this play. We, we already know we're not going to snap the ball. 
uh, there's it's, it's a lot of times we'll call it no play and then you'll call some shifts. So it's just that's kind of a mental error that that, that messes them up and uh, it's good for Arkansas. Yeah, they went down and scored and scored again and, and really kind of took control of the ball game. There was also the Houdini Act. And yes, man, you sir. Pulled a few, you pulled a few in your day. Um, you know, myself included. I thought he was down. I think that's kind of the way I called it on the radio, that they had him. And then it was like, oh, they don't. And I think it's sort of what everybody thought. As you watch that play unfold, what was going through your mind? Man, yeah, I thought of like Big Ben Rossensberger, you know, back when he was at Miami of Ohio or something. He he grabs the first guy, grabs and beats beats our, our left tackle pretty good, gets a hold of him, and then KJ uh, able to, to use his strength and his athletic ability to get out, and then another guy almost gets him, and then that third guy that was going to get him looks like he's just going for the ball, like he just kind of gave up on trying to t- just kind of started swiping at the ball, and and then you give him you give him a little extra time and his mobility mobility and. The one thing I thought KJ did really, really well, not only on that play, Chuck, but the entire game, is when he scrambled a little bit, he kept his eyes downfield and and kept looking for receivers and uh, and showed up on that play right there, able to get it out there. I forget who caught the ball there, but that was a big-time play right there. You know, when you're a quarterback, and I'll ask because you know, um, at what point on a play like that do you or do you um, – give up on the fact that you may not be able to complete a pass and just kind of cross over and get to that point of where I'm going to make sure I don't lose the football here. Yeah, that's that's very true. You don't want to hurt your team. And uh, and, and one thing, Coach, you used to always tell us, and, and you'll have you'll have a game plan about, about what you want to do with the receivers if they're going to go long, if they're going to go short. A lot of times we'll have the, the receivers are long, come back short. Um but the thing that you want to do is not hurt the team, and so you you if you if you have to, you got to throw it away. Like a, a last thing, just get it and get the ball out of bounds. Uh, but if you if you're going to have to take a sack, don't turn the ball over. Don't throw something up in the air and let, allow them to to make a play. So if if you do have a negative play, just don't make it be worse than what it is. They scored on eight straight possessions. Um, what's it like when you just kind of get in the zone and you know the other guys can't stop you? That's what that's like, you know, that's like PlayStation right there, man. That is fun. Uh, Chuck, if, if you remember a few years back, I guess it was 20 years ago, we, we went and played Texas. They were number three in the country. And that was a game that was kind of like that. Now, we didn't score on eight straight possessions, but we just felt like the entire game that our entire offense, whatever it was, we were going to be able to score. And that's how the Hogs looked. They, they looked. There was one point I, I was sitting around and said, man, as long as BYU doesn't get to 40, 45, we're going to score 50 on them. And, and we, we could have kept scoring as long as the game kept going. The other side of the ball, the defense, you know, you look at the secondary right now and, you know, you look at who was playing in the second half. I mean, you had Kewan Parker out there and you had Trent Gordon out there. And with all due respect to those guys who are good players, those aren't the guys that you plan on having out there. Um, they were down to begin with. And then Chavis goes down during the game. You know, you do the best with what you've got. And there were situations yesterday, defensively, where they had to make a play. And as you said, they they bent a little bit. But when they had to make a play, they found a way to get it done. Yeah, Hudson Clark uh, with with that interception, he dropped one last week. And, and Chuck, I'm a, I'm a fan of his. I, I think he's just going to get better, and I think he's a football player that that can play multiple positions. He's he's a he, he's a little lighter than what you want your safeties to be, but he he's very he has a, a really good awareness 
uh, able to that that was the best defensive play I saw when he the way he tracked the ball and saw that receiver and cut over and just and, and got the interception. Then then he was in the right spot at the right time to get that fumble. Uh, and and then again we had that one turnover and then KJ did throw the guy he threw it right to BYU and he dropped it but other than that we played a pretty cl- pretty clean game. In terms of uh, just the overall mindset of this team now four and three exactly where they were a year ago in terms of record and now they've got an open week and you know you hate to say it's a more favorable schedule because everybody else is pretty good too but. Maybe the most difficult parts behind them, and they've done it before. Where do you think this team might be mentally as, as they get ready for the stretch drive after the open week? I think it's a, the bye week could not have come at a more perfect time. Um, I, I'm, I'm glad we got this this win, and, and it didn't come last week, and you don't have another week to think about it. So now we're all the bad vibes are gone. Let's let's get healthy. Uh, we we get to go to Auburn, which is a a very winnable game. So we're gonna get two weeks to put in for them. Then you got a Liberty LSU. Um, I, I, Chuck, I, I really don't see any reason why we don't win three of these next five with a, with a chance to win four and and put us in a, a good chance to go to a good bowl game. But I, I think this team has to be confident now. They went up there on the road, played a physical BYU team, and and kind of imposed their will on them a little bit. And tr- let's try to get healthy on defense. Uh, I think that's our biggest thing to 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 go forward to get these W's. Match or a natural at this. Hey, you make it easy, You're Chuck. Be good, man. You're thanks, good. man. I'm trying, man. You're gonna be good. All right, we'll do it again next right. week. Thank you. Hey, thanks, Chuck. Football is back, and Bet Online remains your number one source for all your football betting needs this season. You'll find the latest odds, matchup info, player news, and game trends. And as your continued source for all sports wagering info, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, live scores, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and events like MLB. MMA, tennis, boxing, and even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code BELIEVE to receive your rewards. That's B-L-E-A-V. BetOnline, where the game starts. You're listening to the Gimme the Hogs Chuck podcast presented by White Curd Realtors, the Griffin Company. So now the Razorbacks hit an open week. Seven straight weeks of football and now they've got a week away. I know for fans, and I was this way when I wasn't you know, working around it or working in it, um, I hated open weeks. I wanted them to play every week. You know, that's, that's what the fan in you wants. You want, to, uh, you, know, and you, want, you want to watch them every time you have a chance to do that. But a team needs an open week. I mean, you, uh, you need a week away. And football is a tough game. And as we've seen this year, man, it shows no mercy. I mean, the injury bug is very indiscriminate. I mean, it uh, <laughs> you never know when it's going to hit. And when it does, it always seems to come in bunches. And that's kind of what's happened to, to Arkansas's defense. So they need this break. And it does come, as Matt said a minute ago, at a very good time. And they are in the identical same spot record-wise to where they were a season ago. And they got a lot of the same teams coming up. The good part this year is they don't have Alabama on the back end of the schedule. They've already passed through that. So uh, that may be the best thing when you look at the record. There's a lot of season out there. I mean, there really is. Don't know what's going to happen with Auburn between now and the time the Razorbacks play them. It seems like there's a new rumor each day about what's going to happen with Brian Harson, But, um, 
you know, it's 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 a game where Arkansas has got an opportunity to go down there and get a road win in the SEC, which is not easy to do. But they need the time to heal, and um, you know, I'm sure their work this week will be uh, this week will be limited. Players will have an opportunity to go home. Uh, you know, we forget sometimes that these are kids with with hometowns and moms and dads and cousins and people that are anxious to see them, friends, and so they'll have an opportunity to just go be college students uh, for a couple of days and then get back at it and get ready for Auburn. Well, we're glad you've been with us, and boy, we really are excited to have Matt Jones as part of our program, and I know you're going to be excited to hear Matt on Halftime with Phil Elson on ESPN Arkansas. We want to thank again Weicker Realtors, the Griffin Company, for making all this possible. We'd like to, if you would, Uh, to tell your friends to download the Hit That Line podcast network. That will allow you to listen to not only this podcast, but all of the podcasts on our network. And like us on Facebook and just spread the word if you would. Back later this week. Till then, thanks for listening. Give me an H. Give me an O. Give me a G. Give me an S. What's that spell? Give me the hugs. Chuck. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.